Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Before we start, we wanted to let you know about something exciting. You can now rep your church with new Embassy City shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. Some of it is only here for a limited time, so take a look at what's available now at embassycity.com forward slash shop. Now let's join Pastor Tim. Hey, y'all. <laughs> oh, no. What? <laughs> Y'all know I'm a crybaby, so don't do that. Ten more seconds of that, I will be in tears. I love you. I love you. I love you. I miss you. I miss you. And can I just say I'm proud of you? Do you not know, or, or, or maybe you do, that I have not been physically on this platform to preach since April? Some of y'all are like, we know. I filed a complaint. Five weeks in May, we had guest speakers. Uh, in June, you endured Flat Timmy. And uh, in July, we had an incredible sermon series, God of Miracles. Listen, I just want to give kudos to Cobb, to Devante, to Katie, to Stan. It was a great, great series. I watched every single weekend. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, but here's why I'm proud of you. Uh, because you've made a decision to make the experience you have on the weekend about hearing from God, even if it's not coming through me. And that shows maturity on your part. Because although I am the one that God chose to lead this church, I am not the only person that God speaks through at this church. And when you mature to the point where you get over my personality and decide I need to come get a word from the Lord, you are growing as a believer. So you need to give yourselves a hand because y'all show some maturity over the last three months. All right. So I'm back, and I'm back, back, okay? And um, now I do have like, I think it's like three to five uh, more times between now and the end of the year that you'll see Flat Timmy, but I'm, but I'm speaking here, okay? Uh, I have some uh, previous engagements that I could not move around on, on Sundays, and it's part of my apostolic uh, call to strengthen other churches besides this one. So if you give grace for five more times to see Flat Timmy between now and the rest of the year, we're going to be good, okay? Um, be before uh, I get into our new series, um, I, while, while I was in worship, the Holy Spirit just, just gave me uh, a word, and, and it's for you, Tony. Would you stand? So uh, this young man uh, is planting a church in Waco, Texas. Waxahachie. It's in Waxahachie, Texas. Uh, and uh, we met earlier this year and uh, he had come to the church and he said, you know what, the DNA of Embassy City is the DNA I want for the church I'm gonna plant in Waxahachie. So that man has sat in that seat or a seat over there all summer just soaking in our DNA 
before he goes to plant his church. Later on this month, or the top of next month, actually the first uh, weekend in September, we're gonna pray over him, his entire team, uh, as they go out. But the Holy Spirit gave me a word for you and I have to be obedient, so I'm gonna give it to you right now. You're faithful. He knows your faithfulness. And just like Gideon went into battle with 300, do not look at the size of the congregation when you get to Waxahachie because God's going to do some incredible things as soon as you open the doors. He's gone before you. He has prepared the way. He has made crooked paths straight. He has opened doors that no man can shut. And when you get to Waxahachie, people are going to thank God that you were obedient to come. Souls will be saved, lives will be restored, and they will all shout a triumphal victory because you obey God to come. I love you. All right, with that out of the way, uh, if you uh, have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis chapter number four. We are starting a brand new series. It's either going to last five or six weeks. Y'all just flow with me. Uh, the title of the series is I Give Up. Can you say that with me? I give up. One more time. I give up. And this entire sermon series is about giving. This entire sermon series is about giving your time, giving your talent, giving your treasure. Now, I want to preface even going into the series by saying that I know anytime uh, a pastor preaches on giving, teaches on giving, two things happen. People whose hearts are open wind up being extravagant givers. People whose hearts are closed leave the church. And they leave the church mumbling a narrative along the lines of, see, that's all they wanted was some money. That's all they care about was some money. Trying to fleece the flock. <laughs> I want you to know, I make no apologies about teaching on giving because it's in Scripture. In the same way, I make no apologies about teaching on grace because it's in Scripture. It's the reason why I make no apologies preaching about or against sin because it's in scripture. And so if you have any apprehension, if you've come from a church that abused uh, giving, manipulated with giving, I want you to know that I understand that PTSD. So as I go through this message, if you flinch, <laughs> after I say a certain thing, if your butt cheeks get tight and you're like, ah! <laughs> that's too close to, oh, he's probably going to ask for a $100 offering line. He's probably going to say there's 50 people in here that can give $1,000. If you come from any of that background, I want you to know that has never happened at Embassy City Church, nor will it ever happen. If you visit it more than two or three weeks, you know that we have never passed the plate since we started almost six years ago. The offering boxes are in the back. 93% of you give online. And this is actually only my third time teaching on giving in almost six years. So I'll only teach when God tells me to. 
Well, Tim, if we're already extravagant givers and, and we're already doing it, then why are you teaching it? In the same way I still teach on grace, even though you should already know about it. <laughs> on the same way I teach against sin, even though you should already know to stop doing it. It's a reminder for those that know, and it is a growing opportunity for those that do not know. Amen. So for the next five or six weeks, we're teaching about I give up. Can I just tell you, I was so happy when the Lord gave me to me. I used to be a rapper, so I love metaphors and double entendres. And when he told me the name of the series, I was like, yo, I give up. It's the dopest double entendre of all time because you have to give up to give up. If you don't give up the way that you think about giving, then you'll never give up to the one that gave us everything. So, so I'm starting this message strong. Everybody say strong. strong. Starting this message strong, all right? So I'm going to need your attention and I need your heart and your mind to be open. And I'm going to read you the text that we're going to uh, cover and then I'll give you the title of the message and then we'll pray. Is that all right? Oh, I'm so happy to be back. Y'all ready? Genesis chapter number four, verse number one. Here's what it says. Now Adam has sexual relations with his wife Eve. Amen, Adam. <laughs> Marriage series is over, but still, amen. Now Adam has sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. That's a strong word. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain? Why do you look so dejected? Will you, be ex you will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let me just pause and say, if God asks you a question and then tells you what you need to do, you would think there would be a response. Why are you so angry? Why do you look dejected? If you do what is right, you'll be accepted. If you don't, watch out. Sin is lying at the door, crouching like a tiger, waiting to overtake you, but you must be its master. You must do it. And you would think he would be like, well, Lord, the reason why I look mad, because, no. He ignores the whole conversation. And then one day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. <clears throat> Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know. Just like an older brother. I don't know. Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? 
But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your, bro your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. Whew. Four words for the title of this message. Please write them down. Kill Cain, not Abel. Kill Cain, not Abel. Bow your hands, let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to kill Cain. Amen. <laughs> when I began to pray about what the Lord wanted me to talk about as it relates to giving, and where did he want me to start? I was surprised that he wanted me to start as strongly as this. First word in the message, kill something. But what I realized is that God is serious about the heart. And in pursuit of the heart, there are some things that we have to admit that live and reside in our heart that are not like God and actually cause there to be an obstacle course from the Holy Spirit being able to do things freely through us because of the things that we have in our mind and the things that we have lodged in our heart. What's interesting, when I began to read through uh, Genesis and this particular narrative, the Holy Spirit reminded me about the simplistic way that you can look at the very, four, the, the very first four chapters of the Bible. Chapter number one, Genesis. Chapter number one. If you were to literally boil down, what is Genesis chapter number one all about? It's all about God, his sovereignty, and creation. It's about creation. If you were to boil down Genesis chapter number two, what is Genesis chapter number two all about? If you boil it all the way down, Genesis chapter number two is all about marriage. He takes the, the woman out of the man and brings him back together, and this is the bedrock of all human civilization, is the institution of marriage. Genesis chapter number three, if you boil it all down, what would it be about? Genesis chapter number three, if you boil it all down, it's all about behavior. They was tripping. And they started tripping quick. I, I, I can't, one of the things that I'm going to really, really enjoy if I have the opportunity when I get to heaven, if I even care, after I hug King Jesus and, and, and thank God and, 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 and be grateful for the fact that I get to worship him for over a thousand years and more for the rest of eternity, I'm going to go say, is, is Eve up here? <laughs> is Adam? You don't want to see Apostle Paul. You don't want to see Peter. You don't want to see John. No, no, no. I need to talk <laughs> to them first two. Because it would have been cool if we had like 11 chapters that was just really good before you just failed. But, but after you cre was created and, and you was married, the next chapter you already mess up? How long were you in paradise? It's all about behavior. In Genesis 4, I want, you to, I want you to think about the progression. One is creation. Two is about marriage. Three is about behavior. Four is about giving. The fourth chapter of the Bible, God says, I don't want anything else to be said about human history at the establishment of it until we address giving. Because if I don't address the way 
that I want people who relate to me and love me to give, then our relationship is going to suffer as a result of it. And so there's three things that I observed about Cain as I read chapter number four, verses one through 11, and these are the three points to this message, okay? All my nerds got their books ready. Why? Y'all my people for life. I love y'all. Nerds rule the world. I want to give you the three things I observed about Cain. Here's point number one. It wasn't about what Cain gave to the Lord. It was about when Cain gave to the Lord. The issue in this narrative between God and Cain is not about what Cain gave to the Lord. It was about when Cain gave to the Lord. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter number four, verse number three. Uh, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Can we just pause and say, I'm grateful that Cain had a heart to give at all. Before we not Cain, before we judge Cain, can we all agree that at some point in our life, we've been selfish? At some point in our life, we were like, yeah, I don't, want, I don't feel like doing all that. Anybody ever said, this is mine? <laughs> Anybody ever eaten at a nice restaurant and then asked for a to-go box? When it got to your table, you closed the lid and you took a fork or a spoon and carved your name <laughs> in the top of the box so that when you come home to refrigerate it and somebody pulls it out, you want them to know whose it is. Now, it was only four of y'all at the restaurant. <laughs> Yet you still want to write your name. This here is mine. I'm happy that Cain have a, had a giving heart at all. But it wasn't about what Cain gave. It was about when he gave it. A lot of people have looked at this, this text and said, well, it's because uh, Abel's sacrifice bled and Cain's did not. Has nothing to do with that. If it was about that, then God would really be petty. Because he would be saying, hey, uh, I only like people that are shepherds. We would all have to be shepherds right now if that was the case. If he set this precedent all the way back then, we would all be outside tending some sheep. Hey, man, why are you out here with, with all these sheep? You know what I'm saying? The Lord just likes, just likes sheep. I got to tend to him. This is the only offering that he'll, he'll take. No, it's not, it's not about what he gave. What he gave wasn't the issue. His vocation was tilling the ground, and so he got produce and grain and vegetables and fruit from the ground. Abel's vocation was that of a shepherd. What he gave wasn't the issue. When he gave was. Abel gave the first and the best of what he got from his sheep. Cain gave some of the stuff that he got from the ground. 
And God's up there looking at it, and he's going, oh, this is interesting. There's going to be a very teachable moment here. Because without there being a law for Moses, without there being a commandment to tithe, without there being any passage in Scripture, let me just back up even further. Before there was ever a Jew, because we are literally eight chapters from Abram being called out from the nations and made the first Jewish person. Before there was even a Jewish person to institute what a tithe was, at the very beginning, God wants us to know giving has nothing to do with law and everything to do with your heart. The first two kids on the planet and the lesson that he wants to give us is giving. Hey, I I don't care what it is you do. When it comes to giving, I do care when you do it. Because when you do it lets me know if I'm on your mind or not. When you do it actually lets me know if you're thinking about me first or not. When you do it lets me know if you know who gave this to you in the first place. So what you have to give is not my issue. When has always been my issue. Which brings us to point number two. Cain's gift was an extension of himself. Cain's gift is an extension of him. You cannot separate the gift from the giver. The gift that's being given is coming from the heart of the person that gave it. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter number four, verse number five. But he did not accept Cain, get this, and his gift. It didn't just say he didn't accept Cain's gift. It says he did not accept Cain and his gift. For Abel it said, God accepted Abel and his gift. Then it says, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Why? Because the gift cannot be separated from the giver. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Have you ever been uh, out with uh, a family member, or uh, you've been out on a date, or, or, or you've, you're married, and, and you, you go out, and, and you're sitting there watching you know, your loved one, or your family member, or your spouse eat something that looks great? And you're just looking like. You wait a few minutes, and then something like this comes out of your mouth. Were you gonna offer me some? Like, were you gonna. You're just gonna eat that in front of me, and you're not gonna even. And you just be over there making. Mm, oh, oh! Woo, this is good! Were, 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 you gonna, were you gonna offer me? 
And then that person might respond by saying something like, oh, do you want some? <laughs> to which you respond, not now. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? <laughs> right? Like, like I wanted some, but I, but I thought you would have offered. I, I didn't know I had to ask. What is the person saying? I wasn't thinking about you. You were not on my mind. And now that I've even asked, were, were you going to offer me any? Oh, 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 do you want some? Not now. Because of the way that you've given it. I, I want you to imagine somebody uh, 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 saying, hey, I, 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 really, I, I really feel loved and, and, I, and I really feel um, adored by you when you buy me roses. I know they're going to die. But I just like roses. I like the way they smell and, and they're pretty. And, and, and so would, could you give me some roses? Because I, I feel loved when you get me roses. Well, there's, one, there's two ways that you could actually give the roses. You could buy the roses and present them in a lovely box or a lovely vase and say, hey, sweetheart, I know that you said you love roses and, and I wanted to give them to you. You'll receive that. Then I want you to imagine somebody goes, oh, okay, that's what they want. And they go get the roses and they come in, they like, here. You want, you wanted roses, right? Did you get what you wanted? You did, right? You wanted roses, you got them. But, but did you get them how you wanted it? No, you did not get them how you wanted it. Cain, Cain didn't realize why his gift wasn't received. It wasn't received because of when he gave it. And here's the thing, God can't separate the gift from the giver. When he looks at the gift, he looks at you. There's no way he can detach you from the gift. You can't give something nasty to somebody and then they go, hey, I don't like this gift, but I still love you. They're gonna look at you crazy. If you have a peanut allergy and somebody buys you a Snickers bar and they know you have a peanut allergy, are you going to be like, hey, man, I, I sure do love you, but this will actually murder me. I'll die. So can't eat it. No, you get the gift, but you look at the giver because you go, did you, do you know me? Are you intentionally trying to murder me? Because I'll die. If you need scripture for this, it's in the quintessential scripture of all scriptures. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, Jesus, will not perish but have everlasting life. You can't separate the gift from the giver. The reason why you know God loves you so much is by what he gave you. And when did he give it to you? Before the foundations of the world? He gave it first. Why? Because he had you on his mind. Which brings us to point number three. Cain refused to give up, so he gave in. 
Cain refused to give up, so he wound up giving in. Here's what it says. You will be accepted if you do what is right. Pause. Does, can we stop right here? Does anybody know what the right thing was to do? Pop quiz. Does anybody know what the right thing was to do? Shout it out. Give it first. He saw what his brother did. And then he, he knew what he did. He saw Abel and his gift be accepted. He saw him and his gift get rejected. So God says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. Right then, he had an opportunity to change his mind. Right then, Cain had an opportunity to give up thinking what he thought a good gift was. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. Look, listen. Oh my goodness, I wish. Oh, I'm so glad I'm back. <laughs> Giving affects your behavior. If you do what is right, you will be accepted. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. The moment you stop doing right, you have an opportunity to sin. And sin's crouching at the door, eager to control you. And here's what it says, but you must subdue it and be its master. Do you know what the right thing to do is? Cain had the opportunity to do the right thing. But because he didn't give up, he wound up giving in. What does giving in look like? Compromise. What does giving in look like? Uh, rebellion. Can I just pause and give you a sobering context? Do you know the first murder in the Bible had to do with an offering? I just want you to let that marinate. Abel and Cain were not beefing. My brother be tripping too much. If he come off at the mouth one more time, I swear I'm going to smack him. The first murder wasn't about a beef. It wasn't about somebody talking behind their back. It wasn't about somebody cheating with somebody, with, with another person. The first murder was over an offering. The first murder in human history is between two brothers that came out of the same womb and it was over a gift. What is God trying to strongly imply here? That if you don't get giving right in your heart, you have the propensity to do anything. Ooh, that stunk. I knew that was the Lord, right? I ain't, I ain't even, wow. Yes, mommy. Let me say that again, because that was not me. When you don't get giving right in your heart, you have the propensity to do anything. If he's not the first person you're thinking about when it comes to your gift, you have the propensity to do anything with that money 
and with your life. Uh, my best friend Corey and I had a, an incredibly rare opportunity last year. Uh, we went to, um, well, I, I watched a documentary that just literally blew me away. Uh, I, I watched it about nine times, maybe in, in five days, five or six days. I couldn't get enough of this doc documentary. The life of this particular individual was very compelling to me. And everybody that I was talking to, I was sharing it with them. I'm like, oh, you got to watch this documentary. I became an evangelist for this documentary. Have you seen the documentary yet? Woo, you got to watch the documentary. Watch the documentary. Watch the, watch the documentary. And uh, uh, one of my God sisters uh, who lives in Los Angeles, I text her. She, she texted me and I texted her back and I said, have you seen this documentary? She said, uh, uh, no, but I, but I know his son, the, the guy that was in the documentary, I know his son, and I said, what? She said, do you want to meet him? I said, what? <laughs> she said, yeah, he owes me a favor. We, we're, in, we, we, we're in the industry together in Hollywood, and, and so if you want me to connect you with him, I'll connect you with him. About six hours later, we were on a text thread. <laughs> me, her, and the, the, the son of the, the father in this documentary. So I'm going, hey, man, uh, I don't know if like you got some time, but I'll make some time. I just want to meet you. Like your father is amazing, but the fact that you're his son and, and you grew up in that house and during that time, I, I would love to just spend half a day with you. He said, oh, how about next week? I was like, what? I'm coming through. So, so I booked a, a round trip ticket to LA for a day, okay? I flew in that day, I flew out that night, and, and I'm, I'm from Southern California, born and raised, and so as soon as we landed, uh, I went to the chicken, uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles off Manchester, bless God. Because that Lolo's in South Lake is trash, okay? Trash. I said it with my chest, it's trash. Daddy and I went in there after a funeral, and we ate that chicken, we was like, come on, Lolo. Go home, Lolo. Take your Kool-Aid with you, Lolo. Lolo's a trash. So if, anyway, <laughs> I'm still feeling that thing. Uh, if you work there, you're not trash. Where you work is trash. Uh, so we went to Roscoe's, it was great. And because we were only gonna be there for half a day, uh, we, didn't, we didn't get a, uh, a, a rent a car, we just Ubered. So we Ubered to Roscoe's and then, and we actually had to Uber to where this guy lived. And um, we've never had uh, as much uh, bad luck uh, getting an Uber as we did this day. The, the Uber that came to pick us up was um, three-toned in, in the color scheme. <laughs> and it had like, like stickers, like, like, like flame stickers on the side. And the reason, I would never be embarrassed to get in any Uber going anywhere, except we were going to a very influential person's house who was a multimillionaire. And we're rolling up <laughs> in an Uber in a Hot Wheels car. <laughs> he told us that there was a certain time window that we could come over, and so we wound up going to the mall first. And I said, uh, I have to get this guy a gift. I can't just show up to his house without a gift. He's given us this time. But, but what do you give a multimillionaire? 
He already got money. It's not about money. It's about the thought. So I don't know what this guy wants. I don't know what he likes. But I go to the Louis Vuitton store. And I walk in. I don't own nothing Louis, okay? Uh, but I walked in there, because I'm thinking millionaires probably got money for Louis. I don't, but maybe he does. And so I walked in there, and I looked around, and I'm like, do you get him a belt? I'm like, I don't know this dude. So I went up to the front, and I said, can you, can you give me uh, uh, just a gift card? I want a $1,000 gift card. Uh, uh, and they said, oh, absolutely. And Louis is bougie. Louis got like a little leather sleeve, leather, to put the gift card in. And then put it in a box, and then put it in another box, and then put a bow on it, and, and, and then handed it. I was like, this is it's just a gift card. I'm not used to all of this. I took that box, and we got in the Hot Wheels car. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, we got the address, and he pulled up, and when he got to, like, the corner of the guy's estate, I said, we can get out right here. I'm, we can, I can go now and get out. And we got out the car, and, uh, and, and I waited for him to drive off before I, because he had to go up the cul-de-sac and come back down, and when he, then I was like, okay. We, we, we clear, we clear. Run the doorbell. He opened the door to this incredibly beautiful home. And I said, thank you so much for allowing us this time. Hugged each other and I, and I handed him the gift card. He took the gift card, he said, oh man, thanks. Put it on uh, the little uh, table in, in the foyer and we sat down and he gave us over four hours of his time to just talk, and it was, it was amazing. And, um, you know, I let him know, hey, I appreciate you uh, giving me this time and this connection, but, but I'm not gonna abuse it, so, you know, I'll delete your number if you want me to. He's like, no, 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 I'll keep my number if you ever need me for anything, holler at me. I was like, okay. So, uh, we get, get back on the plane, I get home, and around 10.30 that night, I get a text from him. And he goes, man, I, I so enjoyed our time together, and thank you so much for that gift card. I really appreciate it. Please lock my number in. And if you need anything from me, you call me and let me know. Scripture says a gift will make room for you. And that scripture is written in Proverbs. A lot of people have tried to sow that into the spiritual gifts that God gives in the New Testament, in Romans and Corinthians, that, that's not talking about that. It's talking about an actual gift. I wound up with access because I thought about him. I couldn't give him no more money. So I simply gave what I could. And it was the thought that counted. Cain and Abel represent the two givers in human history. But Cain and Abel represent the two types of givers 
in humanity. You are either Cain or you are Abel. Kill Cain. Not Abel. Not killing Cain will ensure that you wind up killing something else. Because Cain wouldn't kill his pride, he killed his brother. Because Cain wouldn't kill his ego, he killed his brother. We all have the capacity to kill. Let's just make sure it's what is within us and not something outside of us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? What I am certain of <laughs> is that God is ready for you to become the type of giver that he dotes upon. For some of you, as you were listening to this message, you were getting confirmation that, man, I, I have the heart of Abel. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for what God has given me and the heart he's given me to give, the lessons I've learned around giving. For others, as you were listening to this message, perhaps you were getting a check in your heart, maybe some conviction of the Holy Spirit, that, that you have some Cain-like tendencies, and, and you're really comfortable with giving some, but you've never been comfortable with giving your best. Kill Cain, not Abel. One of the humorous things that, that I uh, felt like I saw as I looked at both of the names is that there's only one letter in Cain's name that keeps his name from being Can, and it's I. I want you to imagine that the first two children in all of human history were one letter away from being Can and Abel. I can and I'm able to give. Only one letter separates Cain from Can and it's I. And if you don't kill that I, you'll kill something else. So Holy Spirit, I pray for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. And I ask that you would give each and every one of us the opportunity to grow as givers throughout the course of this series. I pray that we would declare 
that we give up so that we can also declare that we give up. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text Embassy City, all one word, to 77977. We pray you had a great week. Thanks for listening today.